Imagine your home totally organized. Closets by Design is offering 40% off plus free installation. Schedule your free consultation today. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN for details. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the post-dispatch, joined by the beat reporter Matthew DeFranks as we look forward to the finish of the season. The Blues are at the break still, getting a little bit of time off. Guys are still uh, probably working on their tans just a bit more uh, before they have to jet back to the STL. Matthew, uh, first let's touch on the news of the day, and that is the uh, the Blues get to play in what should be a heck of an event, the uh, Winter Classic, but at Wrigley Field against the Blackhawks and Connor Bedard. I think uh, if you've got some money, some real money, to get into that thing, it's going to be a heck of a spectacle. Yeah, I think uh, because of the Bedard factor, because of uh, the Ridley factor, and it being one of the smaller ballparks or venues uh, that the outdoor uh, the outdoor games have been held at, it'll probably be a pretty pretty pricey ticket, I would imagine. But uh, for the Blues, uh, you know, a great a great thing for for them obviously uh, to be involved in another marquee league event uh, a little bit surprising that it came so soon after the 2020 winter classic that they were in up in minnesota uh but if the lead wants to promote connor bedard and have chicago be uh, at the forefront uh, as as he becomes uh, more and more a face of the lead uh, the blues make a natural you know foil for for him a natural rival uh, for the blackhawks and uh, officially, no one has uh, has confirmed it, but I, I think uh, I've had a a few wink wink nod nods to watch the uh, the uh, TNT games uh, tomorrow night. Well, this uh, this is going to uh, be another just a feather in the cap for this uh, ownership group and this management team. The uh, Blues are good citizens within the league with strong ownership. Uh, obviously, pulled off uh, its own uh, classic quite well. And, uh, you know, all-star game went very well. So mm-hmm. really it's been interesting that this once forlorn franchise, you know, has had all this happen and won a cup with this ownership group. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it in the last decade or so, right, the 2017 winter classic, 2019 cup, 2020 all-star game, uh, 2022, a road winter classic and 25, a road winter classic. That's a, that's a lot of stuff that's happening in uh, about what an eight year span there. Um, you know, pretty much the only thing that the only two things that would be missing would be, uh, you know, a draft that they would host, which seems like there's going to be almost no more drafts uh, being hosted at uh, cities traditionally as the NHL has in the past and, uh, and a international game, um, that would be somewhere in Europe or whatever. So, uh, all in all, uh, a ton of events, uh, for the blues in recent years and, and next year will be a fun one. I mean, I, I can only go off of the experience that I had in Dallas in 2020 when they had it at the Cotton Bowl with the Predators. And that was one of my favorite games to cover, one of my favorite days uh, to be around the sport because it's just such a unique experience, uh, so different, especially for Dallas at that time. I know Chicago has had their share of them, but – to be back at Ridley, I think it'll be a much different experience than it was in 2009 uh, when Chicago had Detroit. I mean, you, you've been to, you know, the one here. I mean, what was that like for you here? No, it was great. And, you know, the city just went nuts with it. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, and it wasn't Minnesota because boy, that was cold. cold. <laughs> for all of those who, uh, who worked that game in Minnesota, 
including our poor photographer, uh, just brutal conditions. But uh, yeah, here in the SCL was it just went so well, you know, and it just having um, the stadium, uh, the ballpark, village uh, stuff happening. Um, it just really uh, it, it was fun. It was a fun deal for 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 the SDL. So um, all that uh, is good stuff for the note. And now let's talk about where they are as we look at the uh, the playoff race. They're still in it. They broke the gravitational pull of five hundred somewhat. Went into the break on a real clunker, but nonetheless, at the moment they're they're there and in, in the mix. But man, uh, let's talk before we get to the Blues. A lot of things have happened on this side of the league uh, because of the race. The top teams have all been busy adding adding things and doing things. And uh, of particular interest was uh, Calgary, seemingly ready to pull the uh, the plug with their expiring contracts and trading Lindholm to the Canucks. Just a loaded team, adding one more. And uh, the Canucks really, really want to win a cup. And so far, this has been the big play ahead of the trade deadline. Yeah, and it's uh, it's really reminiscent this this Flames team right now of last year's Blues team because of all the expiring deals, the kind of disappointing season that they've had so far, uh, the decision that the GM has to make whether to you know try and get in the playoffs or whether to just sell and acquire assets in the big year that he can. You know, and I look at the the Zadorov the Zadorov deal they made back in November, and sure, it was you could view that as his you know the inspiring deal getting rid of and the Toffoli trade too. But those are a little bit more hockey trades and than pure rentals like this Lindholm deal. And this is reminding me of that Tarasenko deal from from last year that the Blues did too. Uh, it was right after the All Star break that Tarasenko deal. I mean, he went down to uh, South Florida, represented the Blues, and then that was his last appearance uh, with the Blues logo on him. And you know, this one happened just before the All Star game for for Lindholm, but still uh, a pretty big price to pay. I, I thought he's a good player, having a bit of a down year, um, but that's what the market is, I guess. I mean, when when a first round pick is getting traded for for Sean Monahan and a first round plus another pick plus uh, a salary dump and a top prospect is going from the the flames to the or from the Canucks to the flames. I mean, it's just what the prices are, and uh, that's the the benefit of being a seller at the trade deadline. If you know that you're not going to contend, and uh, to see Winnipeg and, and Vancouver go and do this should make the uh, the rest of the the trade season a little interesting. Yeah, I think you'll see Tanev get a heck of a price too. Yeah. He's a classic guy you want for a for a. Uh playoff run now, i know fans in calgary can't wait to see the uh kuzmenko huberdo uh, shergovich line uh work see how that goes um, yeah that might be the most uh expensive relative to expectations line in the lead right i mean huberdo's at 10-5 kuzmenko's at 5-5 and they've had rough ones <laughs> yeah yeah it's a little tough so but like you say it's very reminiscent of where the blues were unfortunately they're stuck with uh big contracts with huberto and, and nazim cadre and those will be difficult to move just as the blues have yeah. have some guys that are not easily moved as well so um yeah and the other one that uh and this is just a, another indicator of the stakes here the kings were playing so well earlier this year the los angeles kings were just looking very much like a team that could push for uh, to get into the Western Conference final. Um, you know, they seem to have a lot of ingredients. They made the big play to get Pierre-Luc Dubois. He has not played well at all. And the team went into a horrible tailspin, and Todd McClellan pays the price for that, reminiscent of the moves we've seen earlier this season for teams that were 
uh, on the edge of the playoff race. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of uh, crazy to think about earlier in the season. The Kings were, you know, the top team in the West, essentially, right? They they were better than uh, Colorado, Winnipeg, Vegas, Vancouver, Edmonton. They were the team that was looking like a Stanley Cup contender. And to go on that dry spell that they did, um, so much so that the Blues actually caught them in the standings uh, by points. I mean, by points percentage, uh, they still had maybe a game or two uh, to go. But you put in an eight-game losing streak, and then you follow it up by – losing you know six out of eight games that's a that's a tough way to uh to make the playoffs if you're if you're the Kings and uh it's I think what is that the the sits coach is that right Gordo sits or seventh coach this year oh yeah I don't have a yeah. job but it's but, been a it's been a blur yeah just just odd to see where the Kings have come from and to where they are now and the fact that we talked about earlier in the year we thought that seven spots in the West had already been sewn up when you look at Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas, Vancouver, Vegas, Edmonton, and Los Angeles. And suddenly Edmonton's never going to lose again and LA never going to win again. And uh, now you have two wildcard spots in the West seemingly open up for grabs uh, for the Blues to try to grab one. And it's interesting. I mean, I look at uh, I'm doing a column for the paper about, uh, you know, kind of sizing up all the stuff that's going on. And uh, it's interesting to see what happens with some of the other teams. You know, um, you know, Seattle's got a veteran team. They got a taste of it last year. I would expect Dallas, uh, Seattle to want to be in there to possibly I wouldn't say mortgage the future or anything, but I think they're going to be alert at the, at the deadline ahead of the deadline because they have a, the crack and once again have an opportunity. But uh, boy, I look at the Blues. I think they're just they could be buyers and sellers because they do need to get younger on the blue line if it's humanly possible. They do need to create more cap flex cap flexibility for the future if it's humanly possible. Yet they they still would want to continue if there's they've made it this far with some real veterans on the team that aren't going anywhere. So I think they want to stay in it, but they so they could play it both ways. What do you think happens with Nashville? I mean, they're kind of in a same similar spot. They started making some changes, yet they kept veterans. You know, they made the O'Reilly move, uh, even though they moved out to Shen and uh, Duchesne and uh, the ghost of Ryan Johansson. Um, they're right there, but they're not playing particularly well. Uh, what do you see with Nashville? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't really see them doing much in the playoffs, and, and I don't know what their internal evaluation is of them. Uh, you know, teams always like to say, well, you know, you could be the, the last team in and make a run, and um, – very rarely do those teams actually win the cup. You can make it to the final. It, it takes a, a real set of luck or goaltending to win four playoff rounds. And if you're if you're going to trade assets for a fringe team, like you're going to want a chance at the Stanley Cup, right? Not not just uh, lucking your way in. Uh, I mean, I think over the last few years, even you looked at some of the teams that did make runs. You know, Florida. They were president's trophy team the year before uh, Dallas in 2020, when they made it to the, the bubble final, you know, they had a rough start. They were started one, seven and one. They had a six game losing streak to end the regular season before COVID. But in between those, they were the best team in hockey uh, record wise. So it's not like these teams that just make the playoffs come out of nowhere. Uh, they are good teams that, that might've had some, some rough parts of the season. And when it applies to Nashville, you know, they did make all those changes this summer and I don't know how good they're going to be the rest of the season 
I don't think they'll be a threat in the playoffs. Uh, the thing is with them, um, I'm looking at their their draft capital right now. They still have their their first rounder for this year. They have three second rounders, two third rounders, and three fourth rounders. So they could deal from that pile and be able to acquire something without it really hampering their future needs because they have so many other assets. So if they did go and buy something, I could see them going like that, that way, that direction and and using some of those excess second and third and fourth rounders. But to me, I, I don't really see Nashville as, as a very good team, to be honest. And then the other team that it would seem like the, the fate has been uh, decided, you know, poor Minnesota, just, you know, already in, in, in cap hell, a lot of things went wrong this year. Injuries, Kaprizov's uh, just not himself. One of the best players in the league has not been well, has not been 100%, has not been one of the best players in the league. Uh, goaltending didn't hold up. And so they very much, given their cap scenario, was going to limit them anyways. Seems like if they get a chance to sell something, um, they probably will at this point. Bill Guerin doesn't really have much choice. He's already changed the coach. They, the bump lasted for a while. But in reality, set in for for John Hines. Yeah, and I think the Jared Spurgeon injury too. Right, you lose your captain for the rest of the year. Uh, that's tough, and they they dealt with a lot of injuries this year. But that is a big one, losing him for an extended period of time. And even right now, they're they're seven points out of a playoff spot um, behind the Blues. And to get there to to the playoff spot, they'd have to jump Calgary, Arizona, Seattle, Nashville, and then either uh, the Kings or the Blues. So a lot of work there, and it would seem at this point that it's uh, probably a pretty, uh, I don't know if easy is the correct word, but a pretty prudent decision uh, if they want to to lean to the sell route. I don't really know what they have to sell, to be honest, though. Uh, you know, just looking at their their table right now and, you know, Brandon Duhame's a UFA. Uh, I don't know if he really moves the needle much. 38-year-old Alex Golagoski is going to be a UFA. 33-year-old Zach Bogosian uh, going to be a UFA. So, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, Maybe a, a team could could use a, a backup goalie in the playoffs, but there there's not a ton that they can deal from uh, in terms of of UFAs on expiring contracts. And uh, one other team to check on, and that would be Arizona, still building up. And it's not like even if they made the playoffs, they could make any money in the playoffs playing in that small rink. Uh, they're uh, having all the draft capital in the world. That's great, but it just the timing doesn't seem right for them to do something after. They, they've built an impressive group of uh, young players. It's it's only going to get better. It seemed like their best play would just be to continue the path they're on. Imagine your home totally organized. Closets by Design is offering 40% off plus free installation. Schedule your free consultation today. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN for details. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. Yeah, them... You know, it's only a, a two point difference between between Minnesota and Arizona. Um, but I tend to look at Arizona a little differently. Uh, they're a little bit ahead of schedule, but this was uh, an off season that they they actually did some things. You know, they they brought in uh, Matt Dumba, and uh, you know, I can't remember if it was this off season or the year before where they went and got Sean Dersey from L.A. and uh, obviously Cooley was an addition this year and. Uh, they do have some pieces and they're trying to make that turn, trying to make that turn from rebuilding uh, perpetually into a playoff team. And, you know, we want to talk about draft capital. They have a ton. I think in, in the next three years, they have 10 second rounders. Oof. <laughs> that's, that's just in the second round. They each have, they have their own first rounders in the next three years. And then they have 
uh, seven third rounders across the next three years. So they can, they can deal with whatever they want. Uh, I just don't know, you know, how big of a, an asset they, they would want. Uh, you know, I, I, to me, they're, they're a team that's on the bubble that is similar to St. Louis uh, in, in the standings at least, and that they can maybe Hey, they could stand still or they can do nothing, but if they wanted to do something, uh, they could definitely buy with all their assets for sure. Right, so let's talk about the, the Blues at the break. You had a, a pretty good analysis of it uh, before uh, when our heroes uh, started scattering to their uh, to their vacation uh, destinations. This team managed to scrape out some wins. Uh, it's gotten really good goaltending. Uh, it's played better defensively, better. But as Braden Shen noted, as you wrote, you know they've got to be better five on five, and it's just. Uh, predictive analytics are, are really aren't promising. Uh, this team's just got to just just got to play better. It's got to have the puck more. It's got to be more dangerous with the puck. It's got to have more offensive uh, zone time and quality puck possession. Yeah, the the analytics uh, are not in favor, and uh, you you can grouse about analytics, whatever. It, it's at the very base, they're not controlling play. Uh, they're getting out shot. They're getting out attempted. They're getting out chanced. Uh, they have gotten great goaltending from both Joel Hofer and Jordan Bennington uh, since Bannister took over, but really mostly since the Christmas break, they've been unreal. And the power play ha- has kicked up. Uh, they're a you know, top 10 power play since Bannister took over, and they're getting contributions from special teams regularly now. So the five-on-five play has largely been the same uh, from Brewery to Bannister in terms of where the Blues rank in the league, and most of that is in the bottom five to ten teams, uh, sometimes even second or third worst, depending on on uh, which possession metric you want to look at. So the results haven't matched the process, right? Uh, and at, at some point in the last 33 games, you expect the process to match the results, and uh, for the pendulum to swing the other way, uh, for the goaltending maybe not to be uh, as stellar as it has been for the goaltending on the other side to maybe kick up and uh, and not allow some softer goals at five on five, or for the power play to to kind of settle back into the the middle of the pack instead of being at the bottom for the first part of the season and the top of of it for the last uh, you know for the last twenty games, so. Those are the things, the warning signs that the Blues have uh, in terms of their five-on-five play. The good thing that they they do have is they understand that these are issues. They're not just glossing over them saying, hey, we're we're winning. We're going to keep doing the same thing. They understand that this is not the way that they want to play. This is not the way that they need to play to be successful. And they understand that and that they can go and work on it now. They can say, hey, like we can work on it with these points in hand with where we are in the standings with winning five of the last six before the all-star break, they can already have those in the bank in their pocket and understand that this is not the way they need to be playing. Well, they do want to just, um, you know, again, it's, there's a host of reasons why you, you, you want to play well, but it just, it's to, if the wheels were to come off in the final quarter of the season, you know, you get to the last uh, 20 games, um, that would make it you want to have you want to keep things moving forward as best you can so the guys that you're trying to go forward with you know see those results understand the the payoff 
And they're still trying to get there with some of the guys. They've they've gotten there with some of the guys. You know, I think neighbors knows um, you know, how he has to play. Kyra's getting better at knowing how he has to play. But they they just there's gonna be real if they can just continue to if they can just play better. Results aside, play better, play well to the end. And like Doug Armstrong says, it's not so much you know, winning and losing, but how you're winning and losing. And I think that's given the big picture, that's very especially important with this team. Because if you get in, you're probably going to get slaughtered, you know, in the playoffs in all likelihood. And Armstrong would be the first to tell you that if they had to line up against one of those teams, they'd be heavy, heavy underdogs. But you want it's it's how 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 are you going to win and lose the rest of the way? Yeah, and I think you've written about it a few times this year in terms of culture building and not having a losing culture sit around uh, that we've seen in Buffalo, uh, New Jersey previously, Detroit, Ottawa. Uh, it's developing in San Jose, potentially in Chicago. Uh, the Blues don't need to have a, a losing atmosphere, a losing culture for years and years at a time. We're talking four or five years instead of uh, you know the, the two, three years that really the, the Blues are trying to make it right now. And yeah, you mentioned the getting the the uh, you know having the process be better, and there is a different feeling inside of a, a dressing room when you do have a good game and you do just lose. Sometimes that happens. That that's just the way the hockey is. Um, but it's it's so much different that way than just getting outplayed and losing which hasn't been the case recently, but very well could be the case down the stretch, just given uh, how things tend to balance out throughout a season. We want to give a shout out here. We, we talk about him a lot, uh, Braden Shen. You know, we know he's a, being captain of this team under these circumstances, a difficult challenge. Uh, being the captain of a team that loses its coach um, is, is difficult. And uh, it weighs heavily, all of this weighs heavily on the guy. But the good news is for him personally, He's had just a number of clutch moments here and yeah. personally being the difference between the team, you know, being still stuck in its holding pattern and actually breaking away ever so slightly from, from 500. He's, he's been front and center with some clutch plays and just for him on an individual base level and, you know, and for his position as captain, that's real important. Yeah. I think clutch is a great word for that Gordo uh, because the plays that he made on that three-game road trip through Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, uh, those were game-changing or game-winning plays that he made uh, in Calgary. You know, he has that shorthanded goal at the end of the second period that really turns the tide. They were they were getting outplayed pretty pretty badly in that second period, and that gave him a little bit of momentum. Turned it into a one-shot game going into the third period. And then uh, obviously we saw Brandon Saad uh, win it in the third period. That was a huge play by Shen at the end of the second period there in, in Vancouver. You know he has the the goal taken off the board because of the uh, the cross checking penalty by Jake Neighbors, and then uh, he says, you know, I'll just score this pretty much the same exact goal uh, as before, except this time in overtime to win it. And uh, then he had the the very clean. Uh, pretty assist to Pavel Buchnevich in Seattle to win the game in overtime there. So a lot of really big moments for him. And, you know, that stretch there from, you know, mid January to the game right before the Columbus one, he had you know, 11 points in 10 games. And that was a really necessary and needed thing for him after he went 16 games without a goal 
and 12 games without a point. So good for the Blues to to see him get into a little bit of a groove. And even he mentioned, you know, his line could be better on some nights. But like we talked about with the team overall, when you're not playing as well, but you still get some points, you know, uh, points for a player, wins it for a team, uh, you have a place to work from. And it's easier to work from that place than it is to to be down in a slump. Well, yeah, I mean, to that point, I mean, when you're going through a long scoring slump and you're the captain and you're trying to set a tone, everybody knows you play hard. Everybody knows you're there for yeah. your teammates. Everybody knows you're a tough guy, that you'll play the body, you'll pay the price, you'll play hurt, all those things. But if you're not producing and yet you're still trying to lead and you're trying to not only lead vocally but by example, ah, it's tough if you're in one of the deeper funks on the team. Yeah, and that was something he mentioned earlier in the season right around when when Fred Ruby got fired he said you know he was probably putting a little bit too much pressure on himself uh being a first time captain and wearing that C instead of the familiar A that he had before and during that one week <laughs> really that one week uh, in St. Louis when uh it looked like the biggest story of the week would be Jakob Vrana getting waived and then it, it turns out it was, you know, Bortuzzo getting traded, Vrana being waived, Ruby getting fired, Kairu getting booed. Uh, it was it was a lot during during that one week, uh, especially as a captain, a veteran player, to kind of steer things the right way within the room when there's so much turbulence there. So uh, I think now this has got to put him in a good headspace. Uh, he's generally a pretty even guy. He's seen a lot in his NHL career. Uh, but having this sort of deal and this sort of confidence is uh, is good for him right now. All right, so Matthew, our heroes get back to work right away. They got a you know a back to back situation where they they got to get out and try to get some points, uh, some time to rest, a little bit of time to work. Uh, I I guess um, we'll know a lot more about where this thing is because that trade deadline is going to be coming up pretty quick. So I, I guess the next 10 days, 14 days, uh, not that the Blues are going to suddenly be big buyers, but, you know, they could sell more depending on how things go. Um, very, very important stretch for this team up ahead. They just had a great stretch, one bad game at the end that put them in a little different place. But now that just raised the stakes for this next period. Yeah, so right now there are 14 games until the trade deadline. And uh, the trade deadline on March 8th, it will be a month away from Thursday. So things have happened uh, pretty quickly. We're, we're approaching pretty quickly on decisions that need to be made. And you know, as you mentioned, the, the, there's not a ton of decisions uh, in terms of um, pending UFAs. It's not like last year where you had O'Reilly and Tarasenko, Barbashev, Mikola, Chari, that you, you sell off everything, right? Uh, right now, you know, Kasperi Kapanen should be returning right here after the break. Uh, Vrana's in the AHL. Blay has been a, a scratch at points. Uh, Scandella has been a scratch at points. So all of these UFAs that maybe you looked at entering the season saying, hey, maybe they can get us a little something. Uh, maybe their value has dropped uh, significantly across the, the length of the season. So some decisions, sure. Uh, just far less monumental ones than uh, that happened last year. They do have a lot of guys that have no trade protection and guys with term left. However, I guess you never know that yeah. there could be a situation that pops up with somebody who's willing to go somewhere and a team that's willing to pay for something and it, and the Blues being willing to eat something. 
Um, not out of the question, probably probably not a front burner uh, scenario, uh, but I suppose a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're Doug Armstrong, you have to you have to bring that up, right? It's it's part of your job. You have to do your due diligence and check out uh, who wants what, where. But the thing is, with these guys with no trade clauses, a lot of them tend to be uh, adults, and I say that in a way that they are they're not 22 years old. Uh, they're they're married and they have children. And I, I'm not sure these adults, these grown men want to move their family midseason uh, if they have control over it. Uh, and even we saw in the offseason uh, with Tory Krug and, and Philadelphia, sometimes in the offseason, they don't even want to move it because uh, they don't want to go where they would be traded to. So uh, in season is tough for those guys with uh, with no trades, just based on the volatility that comes with in season trades. But it's something that if you're Doug Armstrong, you just you have to you have to explore it. You have to check it out because it's part of your job. Yeah, some agents will uh, will be having some things uh, floated by them, some some conversations, a lot of hypotheticals and what ifs, and where's your guy? And you know, and Doug does a pretty good job of talking to the veteran players as well in terms of uh, knowing where his group is. Well, there'll be a lot to look forward to as we get back into the season. The Blues back in action after their extended break. Uh, Matthew DeFranks will be all over it for, for the post-dispatch. Uh, until next time, for Matthew, I'm Jeff. This has been the NetFront Presence. A reminder that you can get all of our podcasts and our tons of video. A lot of cool extra content that's available on stltoday.com. Imagine your home totally organized. Clothes by Design is offering 40% off plus free installation. Schedule your free consultation today. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN for details. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. Well, I think one of the best digital products in the country, certainly for a market our size, we do so much in sports. We really appreciate your support and want you to keep supporting us and keep supporting this podcast. So until next time, for Matt, I'm Jeff. See ya.